Solita. I am your host, Maya Ladies, and I am joined by a good friend of mine. You may know TikTok, Laurita70. Hi, Candice. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So, I, as I mentioned, we are going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to ask, how was your week? Oh, are you trying to make me cry? <laughs> like, already out the gate? <laughs> um, you know what? My My week has been good. Um, it's been hard to kind of readjust because last weekend we went on a trip for Fidel's birthday. It was just like a little overnight camping trip. Um, but we were like completely void of like cell phone service, so no cell phone service, no Wi-Fi. And um, it was magical to be completely disconnected from everything. And all week I have been thinking about how much I just want to be back camping <laughs> disconnected again where nobody can get a hold of me so <laughs> but it's been a good week it's been a busy week but a good week see those are the best trips though like when you go and you disconnect from everything I know when I went to I went to Puerto Rico back in 2019 almost right before the pandemic happened it was like that November and it was the best trip ever. I wasn't like so much on social media. I would take pictures. I mean, I think that's just kind of normal to take pictures of sceneries that you see that are new um, right. or that are just really, really pretty because you want to capture that moment. But I wasn't mm-hmm. on Snapchat. I wasn't on Facebook. I was just really enjoying what I was seeing. Um, those are the best trips, I think. And it always makes you want to go back because you disconnect and kind of reset. Yep. And it just feels good to be in that reset. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. Resets are amazing. I need, I've decided I need more resets (laughs) because I don't have enough resets. (laughs) They're great when you can have them. When you can have a reset and then you feel like you're just good, that is, I think, the best medicine ever. Um, I know that a lot of the times we don't get to do that because you have a full-time job plus you're a mom your wife and you're building a home so there's a lot going on I feel like it's like a second full-time job (laughs) (laughs) so it's like everything on top of that when you have that reset that is gold that is such gold (laughs) I agree (laughs) so I'm glad you're doing well and I I just want to say I love your content we've spoke about this before I love the fact that you bring a different light to what Mexico really is because I feel like people just are scared of it in general. Um, I get that even from nieces and nephews. They're like, oh, my mom doesn't want me to go to Mexico because of this X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, it's really not that bad. There's really nice places. There's bad places in the world. But you just got to be careful where you're at and be respectful. Um, So seeing your content with your family where you guys do dinner checks or you guys do little things here and there, it's really, really refreshing. And I... I fell in love with it from the beginning, <laughs> from the very beginning of TikTok. I know you have you have been around. Um, wow, you've been around since really, honestly, the beginning. Like since like the very start, almost. Yeah, since the very start. That's why when you reached out for for this, I was like immediately yes, <laughs> because I love you and I'd absolutely love to do this. Um, 
No, you're, you're right, though. I think a lot of people have a very, um, well, there's a, there's a lot of different views of Mexico, right? But when you hear the media talk about Mexico and, and things like that, um, you get a very narrow view. And often that view is it's dangerous and it's not safe to be there. And the only places you can go are tourist areas. And that's really not the case. There's a, Mexico is a, an entire country full of, you know, like you said, tons of beautiful places. It's got amazing people. It's full of culture. And, and um, I think that was what I learned pretty much immediately the first time that I, you know, stepped foot in Mexico was this is not anything like I was told it, it was. And, you know, I just decided, you know, I, I want to share it. That's, that's going to be part of what I do. So Right. And I think that that's, that's interesting because I was going to ask you, what was your first impression of Mexico prior to going? And then what was the moment that you realized everything I thought before isn't true? So um, before I came to Mexico, I – I didn't have, I wouldn't say I had like a, a super negative opinion of it because I, you know, had been told what it was like from Fidel. Fidel had shared a lot of what Mexico was like for him to me, right? Um, but I also, I think, had what everybody has, which is the media version, right? And so I didn't really know what to expect, and I, I was admittedly nervous. Um, and we, when we came in, when we flew in, and we and, drove and we to my swagger's house, right? It was nighttime. So we got here, we went to bed, right? Um, but I remember getting up in the morning, I went into my swagger's house, she was making cafe de olla on the stove, right? And and I got some cafe de olla, and Fidel was like, I'm going to go out and feed the animals, you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. And we walked out, and I had my coffee, and I was just looking around, this is going to make me cry. <laughs> um, I was looking around and I just remember thinking like, this isn't anything like I was told. I mean, not, you know, by the media, like this isn't anything that, that I've ever really been told about except for by my husband. He'd already always told me how beautiful it was, but standing out there and literally like I was standing out there, like watching him, you know, feed the sheep and, and, um, I was just looking around and it was quiet and peaceful and the air was so fresh and crisp. And I just remember it being absolutely beautiful and thinking that like I'm in not that I'm in but I remember thinking that I was really lucky to to be standing where I was yeah it's it's amazing how that happens because I think that if my nieces and nephews went now to the places where we went when we were kids they would see a whole different view of of Mexico because they're used to Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, Ensenada. They're used to those places, but they're not used to the, like, El Barrio de Guadalajara. They're not used to El Barrio de Colima or uh, Chapala and all those other places that we went to. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, come on, kid. Like, I know you kids think you're bougie, but you're really not. Like, you have not really lived until you had one of those summers where you're sleeping on the floor because my grandma always said, donde hay piso hay cama. So wherever there's floor, there's a bed. Like you can grab some cots or some blankets and it's a bed. She would have like 25 grandkids with her on one trip to Mexico and she would make it work. (laughs) Some of us were on a sofa bed. Some of us were sleeping with another cousin and we're just kind of cuddled up because there's not enough rooms for everybody. But 
my nieces and nephews are used to, oh, well, we have a hotel room. Mm. And we have it. I'm like, what happened to staying in, in like, with familia? What happened to that? And it's just kind of weird because I, I want them to experience that. I want my kids to experience that eventually when I do have children. Mm. And it's refreshing to see <laughs> Dominic is so cute. <laughs> I think he's adorable. He's my wild child. <laughs> he's wild. Because he's living his best life. Yeah, he looks like me, but he is 100% Fidel. And and Diego's the opposite. Diego looks like Fidel, but he's 100% me. Like, so they're very, like, we have one and one, one each. Because <laughs> I, I think that was, was this week or last week where he was at the house site, and he was just filled with, like, dirt. And he truly looked like a 90s kid, and I'm like, wait a minute. He is so cute. He's all packed full of dirt. He's living his best life playing with the dogs, continuing to do things on the house. Yeah. So yesterday, like, uh, yesterday I was filming, like, a mini update, um, which hasn't reached TikTok yet. It'll get up there today, even though this, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he, I was filming, and Diego was learning how to do the ties on the Castillos, right? So he was okay. helping Fidel tie the and I gave Dominic some water because he has a plastic shark. And he was like, I want to make my shark swim. So I gave him some water in like a little container. And um, I was like, please don't get wet. It's kind of cold. Like, just don't get wet. You can get dirty. Don't get wet. Right. Um, <laughs> and he came walking up the stairs. You can hear just a little bit of it in my TikTok. But he comes walking up the stairs and he says, uh, Mom, my shoe's wet. My shoe's and I was wet. like, why is your shoe wet? He's like, I washed it. <laughs> I was like, why are you washing your shoes? He was like, it was dirty. <laughs> Oh my god! Playing this kid forever. So he he spent the rest of the time at the house site with one shoe on, and that is how I found out that when um, Fidel put shoes on him, he also didn't put any socks. So he had one sockless foot in a shoe, and then one sockless foot. <laughs> oh my like, god! No. This is this is my life. <laughs> life there's a Mexico. He is just living. His life. He's his best life always. Can, so unbothered. Like. <laughs> so I do want to say, because I think that I completely bypassed that, just because I'm so excited. Um, your, fam- your whole family relocated to Mexico after a de- deportation order was given to Fidel, um, your husband. And that was the choice that you guys made as a family. So. Yeah. What anyone thinks, oh, like, they just picked up and moved to Mexico. No, they they moved to be together as a unit. Um, And not everybody makes that choice. It's fine if they don't. Fine if they do. Some people just don't see themselves living anywhere else. um, Or they're scared of the unknown because they're not familiar with the area. But you and your husband and everyone decided to go. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just having the means to do so. But, yes. So when, when Fidel, um, he was charged with a felony reentry, which means he went um, to uh, court in front of a felony judge in Salt Lake City. And um, I remember prior to that, we had told the judge, you know, we, you know, we're, we are willing to relocate. We just, you know, want to go. Because um, we were hoping she would factor that into her decision of sentencing for his felony reentry. And, um, mm-hmm. but, but we knew that once he was done with that, you know, that time that he had to serve, um, that he was going to be deported. We knew, like that was, you know, this was it. Um, I had told Fidel from the beginning, listen, I, I'm ready. I'm, I want to go. Like, and he was like, I think maybe you should visit. 
You know, I think he, he really was, Fidel had voiced that he was concerned that maybe this lifestyle wouldn't work for me. And I was like, you're insane. <laughs> I could totally do this. And he's like, mm, I think maybe you should just check it out first. And I was like, I feel like you don't have any faith in me. He's like, no, I have faith in you. He's like, it's just, it's very different, you know? And, um, and <laughs> so I remember agreeing to come down for two weeks before I, you know, made the final decision, even though in my mind, I knew that, you know, that it was going to be our final decision. And that's what it ended up being. It ended up being, you know, we're moving in and this is how we keep our family together. So that's what we did. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. And it's, I can see why he was like, don't just test it out first and see <laughs> if you like it. Because even me going to school there for for three years, it's one year of auditioning and then two years of the actual program because um, I did performing arts as a major. So it was different. I did not, I had never ridden a bus without my grandma. So the camion, I never took it without my grandma. And yeah. now I'm yeah. having to take it from the house all the way to La Yuba and then from the Yuba all the way back to the house. And if I couldn't yeah. get the bus, I would have to take a taxi. And that was just scary because I've never done it by myself before. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I did find different was the food. And you brought this up in one of your vlogs is very different it's mm -hmm. it's cleaner so for those who are like oh i do clean eating i don't eat anything with preservatives mexico is pretty much all clean eating pretty much yeah <laughs> uh, well i mean in the from from my experience in like in in the rancho it's definitely pretty much all clean eating as long as you don't count like you know the little stuff that you get at the tienda because <laughs> even like colima colima is a big city Colima is the capital of the state of Colima in Mexico. So when you're there, towards where I was at was more near Central, um, which is the bus station for those who don't know what that is. Um, and El Centro was probably about 15 minutes away. But everything else like Domino's, Burger King, McDonald's, all that was 30 plus minutes away. So I was not going to take a bus just to go get a cheeseburger. <laughs> That's the same that was not going to happen. Like, it's not close. <laughs> no, I'm like, uh, maybe when family comes, we'll go get a burger. <laughs> right. Other than that, there's tacos down the street. Like, I could go get tacos down the street. Yeah. So it was just different. And I think that people think, oh, well, you must have fun all the time. Go zip lining, do that. No, like, it's. First of all, doing laundry is a chore. It's, people think it's a chore here. No, it's a chore. It's a chore. It's such a chore. Especially during rain season. You know how that is because it'll be bright and sunny and you can hear birds chirping. And next thing you know, you see a gray cloud and you're like, how fast before you get here? <laughs> it's, it's, I, I call it my eternal standoff with uh, Mother Nature during rain season because I will go out, I will do all of my laundry, and I make sure, like, when it's sunny, I, I make sure I get as much of my laundry done as possible, right? Um, I get it done. I basically get a sunburn when I go out and do it, right? I get it all hung up on the line. I come inside, and within 15 minutes, there's this giant rain cloud, and I'm like, debating in my head do I take my laundry down do I wait this out and see if I can get it dry <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's an internal like it's it's a forever struggle during rain season right. <laughs> I never under like so my grandma was a pro 
My, but my grandma grew up in El Rancho. So for her, she didn't grow up in the city of Guadalajara. She grew up in a small rancho. They called it El um, Viejo Corangoros is where she grew up. And then that got destroyed by a flood. So then it became El Nuevo Corangoros. And that's where she kind of finished her adulthood up until she got married. And she married my grandpa at like 16 or something like that. Um, but she's a pro at laundry when it comes to doing it in Mexico. She would wash everything super clean. I've never seen socks get that white because here in America, you put a sock in, in the washing machine and in the dryer, and it's kind of like an off-white by that point. It's not as white as you had it before. Nobody, nobody's going to get back to that original white unless you're doing it in the lavadero. Yeah. <laughs> And she washed us in the lavadero, too. Like, she wasn't one of those, like, oh, like, you're only going to take a shower in the shower. No, she would grab all the little ones, put us there, wash us off with the pila water, which is cold. It wasn't super hot. So she would kind of, like, try to warm it up before giving us a bath. And I'm like, why didn't you just put us in the shower where there was hot water? Like, (laughs) right there. But no. We're smarter. No, she's like, you're already here. Take your clothes off. Let's go ahead and get you cleaned up. There you go. (laughs) One time we were, she had done laundry, and she asked me if I needed anything else clean. And I was like, no, Grandma, I'm good, because she was visiting me while I was at school. And um, she goes, well, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to take a shower, but I'm just going to put on what I was wearing because it wasn't that dirty, so I'm just going to throw that on. And she goes, oh, okay. And I get in the shower. Next thing you know, I hear, like, little, and I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, because she's probably trying to come in to go to the bathroom. I'm here, here I am thinking she's tapping. But, no, it starts to rain, and all I hear, la ropa. And I see my grandma run full speed out of the house to get all the clothes. And the way she folded them was perfect because they still got dry, and they didn't have that moldy smell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I could never do that. Your talent. Well, and, and I, every time I do a video on, on doing laundry, um, I always get the, why don't you just buy a washer and dryer? And I'm like, I don't think you understand, first off, that the, in my opinion, washing in the lavadero like that, it is a lot of work, but your clothes get so much cleaner. Like, yeah. and I'm dealing with a lot of dirt, right? Because we're in the, in the rancho, like I'm dealing with a lot of dirt, but then also the dryer thing, it's like, apart from the rain season, I mean, drying my clothes outside is perfect. Like, there's no need for it. So, you know, it's like, eh, it's just not worth it to me. And they exist. Yeah. I never said they didn't exist, right? Because that always happens too. And lots of people have them. I just don't see a need. And I, I don't even have comadres or cuñadas or, like, my swagger. Like, none of them see the need for it either. So, you know, just yeah. I, think, I think the thing about Mexico that people, that I hope people keep in mind is that it's so incredibly complex like there are tourist areas but there are huge cities here there are little towns there's beach areas there's mountains there's freezing cold places there's super hot places you know you have to like you have to remember that there are uh, many different ways of living here in Mexico and different areas and things like that and so everybody's experience is going to be a little bit different right and I think that 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 is something that I revert noticing growing up like none of our family members that were there had dryers they all just had a washer but they had the lavadero like next to the washer and then they had the rods there to be able to like put the clothes up the lines clotheslines so it was like okay well 
they don't have a dryer. We have one at home, but it didn't make sense to me why they didn't have one. But they're like, it's 80 degrees all year, all year yeah. round. Doesn't Even if it's raining, sense. it's still hot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're pretty cold, but it stays, stays a pretty even temperature. And unless it's rain season, you really don't have anything messing with your clothes. So yeah, you can dry pretty much all year long. Yeah. What was your experience like, or do you drive pretty comfortably in Mexico? Because I know driving is different, too. Driving is different. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of a funny story before I answer that. Um, my very first experience in Mexico was we flew. So the first time I came here, um, Diego and I flew into Mexico City. We met Fidel and my cuñado, my brother-in-law. And we met them at the airport, and we took a taxi from the airport to El Central, right, so for the bus station. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we got in this taxi, and it was a very, she was very, very short, kind of older Hispanic woman. And I remember we got in the taxi, you know, I was like, okay, that's fine, you know, we'll get in the taxi. And maybe five minutes in, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this taxi ride. I was terrified. I was terrified because... Um, it felt like everybody was driving like this next to each other. Um, I couldn't see where the streetlights were because in Mexico City they have them down on the sides, right, and not above like I was used to. Um, she went super fast. I mean, she got us there safely. I'll give her that. Um, she was very nice, but she, I just had never, I had never been in a car that was driven like that, and I was terrified. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to survive this. So big cities to drive in them terrifies me terrifies me. I can drive all over the rancho, right? Um, into our little towns in El Campo. Like I can drive all over those places. Um, I've driven in like Pueblo City, um, but Pueblo City is like as far as I'll go. I won't drive into Mexico City. That scares me. Um, I don't know how anybody drives in Mexico City. <laughs> I don't know how our Uber drivers survive it, but <laughs> it's like basically like New York and LA put together and then yeah, they F it. It's really bad. <laughs> places but if it's anything like that I'm good I'll pass I'll take a taxi (laughs) because I I remember I had a friend in high school we're not as close as we were now but I think life happens um when we went she was kind of in shock because my my uncle um who passed he he was the driver at the time. He would drive us everywhere. He would drive me and my grandma everywhere, me and my friends everywhere, my cousins, didn't matter. He was the one driving. And yeah. I always felt like it was natural for him to drive and I felt safe. Yeah. And I, I got in the car and I didn't put my seatbelt on. And my uncle had his seatbelt, but not properly strapped. Okay. Um, and she, she goes and looks at me, shows, he's not going to wait for you to put your seatbelt on. And I was like, no, why? And she goes, don't you have to wear a seatbelt? I'm like, they don't care. As long as the driver has a seatbelt on and it kind of looks like it's on, they really don't care. They'll let you just go about your way. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a kid in a car seat, they'll be like, okay, cool. At least the kid has the car seat. But right. that's it. And she, she was just like, snap. Like, she strapped herself in. And she was, that was the scariest ride from Guadalajara to Colima ever like she was terrified and I go why she goes you didn't see how those cars were just coming in and out I'm like they're look they they know where they're going and they're just trying to get there 
Have you, um, have, I don't know if you guys have these, right? But here we have roads that will all of a sudden, each lane will just get wider. And it, it has like, you know, the, the line down the middle, but the lanes will just get wider. And then you'll notice moving traffic will just kind of scoot over a little bit. And then people just start passing, but there, it's no passing. There's no passing lanes. There, there's not two lanes. It is just a wider road, right? The first time that we drove on that, um, it was on our way to Tehuacan, and the first time we drove on that, I asked Fidel, because I'm, I'm ter- I've been in car accidents in the U.S., right? So I'm, mm. driving makes me super nervous already. And so I remember telling Fidel, like, what are you doing? You know, because he was getting ready to go around a truck, and he was like, I'm passing. And I was like, this is not a passing zone. And he was like, the lanes are wider. You can do it. And I'm like, no, I don't think that this, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, how do you know somebody else isn't going to hit you, right? Because it's, it's wider, but it's not wide enough. Right, so you you yeah. if you pass, you're in the other lane a little bit, little and he's bit. like, oh, people just watch, and I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> My brain couldn't compute it, but it it works, and I see fewer, much fewer car accidents here than than I saw in the U.S. So mm-hmm. I don't. That's actually pretty valid. Because <laughs> in Colima, it's the same where it's like it looks kind of narrow at first, and then it just slowly starts to gradually get wider and you're like okay what are what are we doing is that like a bike lane or like what is it because this doesn't look like it's but it's part of the road so they'll use that they don't care who's in first of all they don't care if you're in their way they will go around you because they know where they're going it's it's like wait a minute i don't want to get hurt and i don't want to hurt anybody can you just just drive normal but they that to them is normal yeah. yeah, or the semi-trucks or, you know, like the big trucks will turn on their signal for you to let you know that you can go around them because they're slower traffic, even if you can't see to make sure, right? And and Fidel puts a lot of faith in those in those drivers, and, and luckily, you know, everything's been fine, but but he really, like, you know, you, you, you know my feet go really slow, and they turn on their turn signal, and you can't see around. You have no idea. You just have to have no faith if you want to get around them, but it always works yeah. out. And yeah. It blows my mind. I saw so many. I think there was a couple of comments on your last video when it came to the gas station, how how there's, like, there's el rojo y el verde, and then the attendant is the one that puts in the gas. You just tell them how much you want on there, and they and they do it. And somebody, somebody was like, wait, that's a thing. How come we don't have that here? And I thought the same way when I found out that New Jersey does that, where there's certain gas stations where they have tendons. And I thought that was only in Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) So there um, were gas stations when I was younger, where I grew up and in a really small town in Utah, there were gas stations that had attendants like that. And even, you know, my dad had talked a, a lot about it when he was younger and that that all the gas stations were like that, like they had attendance, right? That was a thing that was really popular back, I don't know, probably like the 60s, 70s. Um, and then they kind of just got away from it. There's still a gas station by my mom's there that, you know, they have an attendant available if you need help. Um, but for the most part, like you're pumping gas. But here, I've never pumped my own gas. And Fidel has never pumped our gas. Like we have never touched the, the gas pump. Ever. <laughs> not, not a thing. <laughs> no, my uncle would be like, quiero los doscientos en el verde primo, and then they would go ahead and put it in. Everybody was primo to my uncle, like, 
So apparently all of Colima, all of Guadalajara, all of Michoacan, like they were all our primos. Michoacan yeah. is more believable because that's where my grandpa's from. <laughs> like everybody else, not really. So it's just, you know, interesting that he would treat everybody kind of like family. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember he would give tips to the attendants of the gas station because that's kind of how they would make more money is by tips. And my nephew was like, why are you tipping him for pumping your gas? It's not hard. And he's like, no, but he's in the sun all day. This yeah, person's in the sun all day. Yeah, it's a service. And like he's like, oh, okay, fine. And he goes, but can you take me to the river? And my uncle's like, are you going to pay for the gas? I'm going to the river you pay for the gas. <laughs> so my nephew would save his money. His spending money, and he was like, "Mom, because that's what he called his grandma." He goes, "I need like how much money does fills up Uncle Tony's truck?" And she's like, "Well, he goes, how many vessels does it take to fill up Uncle Tony's truck so he can take us to McDonald's or he can take us here or he can take whatever?" <laughs> kind of like, kid, think about it as like U.S. dollars. It's a it's a Ford truck. And it's probably going to take about 60 to 70 bucks to, like, do it. So just think of it that way. So how much money in U.S. dollars are you going to get? Right. <laughs> exactly. But he goes, he goes, no, tia. He goes, that doesn't make sense because the dollar's different every day. And I'm like, he's got a point. <laughs> he does <laughs> have a point. You have to watch that. You have to watch the exchange rate. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, man, this kid, he got me there. I really didn't think he was going to come back with that. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I know that it's hard. Any type of change is difficult. If you were thinking about this change 10 years ago, which probably was around the time that you guys started doing this change, do you think that you could have done it sooner? I do. Yeah. And and honestly, part of me, part of me sometimes wishes that we would have, you know, explored this option prior to everything that we went through that, you know, that, that, that last deportation of his, um, because it was really, really hard on all of us. It was, it was hard on Diego. It was hard on Fidel. It was hard on me. It was hard on our family. Like, you know, of course I would, if I could, I would, I would take that back, but there were other parts of, of, you know, the way that everything kind of just fit and worked out that, um, that I, I think about now, um, you know, when, when Fidel was first detained, I had just started my MBA. Like, I, I had just gotten into my MBA program. And um, so throughout the so entire throughout the time that we were trying to fight his case and that, you know, he was going through all of this with immigration, um, uh, I was trying to finish my master's degree. So, um, and hindsight now, had I not done my master's degree, you know, that that would have put us in a, in a different situation. We still would have been happy here. It would have put us in a different situation had I not been able to, you know, work. But I would have been able to help his mom and his, like, grandmother in their fields and things like that. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason and, and things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. And whether we like it or not, we just got to, you know, buckle up and, and, and enjoy the ride because there's only one. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think if if we if circumstances would have been different and that I think that this is something we definitely wish we would have explored, you know, sooner and and mm-hmm. put our family here sooner because our family is thriving here and we're happy here and you know, it's it's a lot different to different live here and not live in the US under under that shadow. Yeah. yeah. And that brings me to like I know both boys 
love, I mean, Diego says that he loves Mexico. There's tons of good things about Mexico. And he, even though people don't think that he really says much, he talks. I mean, you watch their vlogs on YouTube and you'll see that he, he has full on conversations. <laughs> yeah. He's just very much his, you know, he's a little bit, he's a little bit like his dad. He's a little shy. He's not as outgoing as yeah. me. But. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's a man of few words, but I mean, he gets his point across. He, it's yeah. just really straight to the point, and he's not. I feel like he's not over dramatizing how he feels. He's just kind right. of really mellow and chill about it. So it's it's yeah. different. People are used to people being so amped up, and he's just very level about it. But um, I think I asked you a while back ago, probably what twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, if the boys were dual citizens, and you mm-hmm. said that they were. Um, with Diego's passport, though, does he have both a Mexican passport or just the U.S. passport? Yeah, so both boys have a U.S. passport and a Mexican passport. So they okay. have both. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for the both, I know that because um, they're minors, so mm-hmm. I think it's once you're 18 it or 17, really, because sometimes they'll let you pass with, when you're 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for 10 years. It's valid for 10 years. Um, if you're a minor, it's five years. Mm-hmm. So how does that work when you guys have to renew it? Do so you guys come to the States or? No, we do it here in Mexico. We have to go to Mexico City. Um, and so we just, we take a trip to Mexico City. We go to Mexico City because that's the closest. I'm sorry, my dog's going nuts. Um, <laughs> one of six. Um, but so we, we. Mexico City is the closest U.S. embassy to us, but they're, you know, all over Mexico. And so we schedule an appointment. We go to Mexico City. You walk in, and as soon as you get in past, like, security and that, it literally, (laughs) it feels just like a U.S. government office. Like, quite literally, a U.S. government office. I swear it even has, like, that same smell of a U.S. government office, if you know what I'm talking about. And the wait is just as long. The employees in Mexico City, I've never had any issues with. They've all been really nice. But I also am a firm believer in them, like, you're treated the way that you treat other people. So I think that factors into it, too. I've never been mean to them. Um, but it's very it's very much like um, like, um, like you're walking into, like, walking the DMV. Into, like, the DMV in the U.S. Yeah. But it's a little bit nicer because I know that when we went to – I had an aunt that went to Hacienda in, um, in Mexico, which is basically, like, their – for state assistance or documents for housing, things like that, you can go. And she she went there with a smile, and the lady smiled back at her. Everybody was working. They were working efficiently, but she smiled, and she was very nice. You go to the DMV now here in, in the States, and they all just look miserable. They look like they hate being there, that they don't – majority of them, not all of them, yeah. from my experience. So embassy would be embajada. They're different. As long as you treat them with respect, they treat you with respect. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I see, and I've, I've experienced that in both, both sides, like both the U S government and well, both, you know, U S side and Mexico side. I have seen people, you know, here in Mexico, not be super nice to the people that are working in service and customer service and things like that. And it doesn't get you very far. And like, it never gets you very far. But I've never had a bad experience. I've never had anybody treat me badly. I've never had a bad experience. I think, you know, as long as you remember that there are different, different policies and procedures and things like that people have to follow and it's not their fault then i think mm-hmm. you know you just, i think you have to keep that in mind i think people just get treated badly treated in the badly. service area in general unfortunately and i think that that makes their job um probably a little bit harder than their own 
I think so. I think that it's it's very different when it comes to how people get treated because I know in Puerto Rico, so my dad's Puerto Rican and my mom's Mexican. Um, during the pandemic, there was a security guard who all he told the young men was that he was not allowed to enter the facility without a mask. And this gentleman spit on him. And he got a worse treatment back because the security guard ended up getting physical and they got into a fight and the other guy did get beat up but i'm thinking you assaulted him first i don't care what how you look at it spitting on someone is assault and all he did was tell you his job which was to put on a mask it's not that big a deal like if you're going to be in and out it's five minutes that's it so i'm like what kind of treatment did you expect and now on tiktok i've been seeing this video pop up i don't know if you've seen it where uh this woman's being um She's being, I feel like she's falsifying information. She says that she's being kidnapped by the U.S. and she called authorities. Um, basically, she called the embassy and said that she needed help and assistance because she was being kidnapped. She was not being told she couldn't leave her apartment complex. They were telling her that she couldn't take any of her stuff because she failed to pay rent for X amount of months. And she oh, okay. wanted to break her lease and didn't want to pay the security deposit. And it's, I'm like, Girl, it's kind of like the U.S. too. When you have an apartment and you put down a security deposit, if you don't pay rent and you haven't paid rent and then you try to break your lease, you have to pay the rent that you owe and you have to pay the security deposit. You lose it when you break your lease. Yeah. It's the same thing. So they're not going to let you go back into the building if you to get your stuff until you pay. It's the same way. And she was just making it seem like Mexico was treating her particular community because she was a different minority differently and i'm like no they're treating you the way that they would treat any other person even in mexico if it was a mexican they would still treat that person that way because you didn't pay the money for the rent and the security deposit right how did you think you were going to get away with that it's the same rules same thing i haven't seen that video i'm surprised that well Actually, I'm not surprised because my For You page is a little bit different. Like, I have I have a lot of teachers on my For You page. I don't know for some reason. I think I just really like teacher like teacher videos. Um, I have a lot of, like, science videos and history videos, in fact. And then I have a lot of DIY stuff. <laughs> like, that's my For You page. Like, I never, I never know what's trending or things like that because I'm too busy watching somebody do, like, little hacks, like DIY hacks, and put together amazing things with, like, you know, a paperclip, like MacGyver's and stuff. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's my For You page. So I miss, I feel like I miss a lot. So I, but I'm sure now, now I'll find that video, I'm sure, because we talked about it. Watch that video pop up, like, today or tomorrow. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, this is what she was talking about. <laughs> I'm convinced. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, other than that, like, I really don't, your stuff pops up a lot, but that's because I, like, if I don't see you for a while, I will go look into your page because I'm like, okay, I haven't, why is it popped up in my algorithm? There's certain pages that I will look up on purpose because I like their stuff, like yours, um, there's another one, My Latina Soul, I love her shirts that she does and she creates, she's a DACA recipient who created a Latino brand for shirts and clothing, so I really, really love her stuff. My cousin Melissa, who I told you, Meli, um, yes. Meli one seven, um, sorry, seven one five. She does cooking, so if I don't see things from them, I'm like, I gotta look. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why am I getting all these dog videos, like voiceovers of dogs, supposedly what they're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. My, the one that I get all the time, and it never 
fails to make me laugh is get out of my way boo boo and it's the corgi and he's like running back and forth that one to me is hilarious I see that probably like four times a week. <laughs> I um, there is. I think his first name is Matt, but I can't remember his full name. But he does. Um, he said every everyone like his TikToks always start with um, get up, let's go do farm stuff. You know, I'm not gonna swear on your podcast, but I I'm in love with watching him do farm chores in his robe. It's hilarious. But he does farm oh my chores. God. So, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Don't worry. After this, I'll send you the link to him. I'm pretty sure his first name is Matt, but him doing farm chores is, like, the best thing I've ever seen. So I just, is he I, the one that does boudoir photos, too? I'm not sure. I think I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. But he's very yeah. southern, so he has a very thick southern accent. Hair. I've only ever seen him like taking care of his farm, <laughs> but I think he's also like a comedian. But he's he's incredibly funny. So okay, yeah, I think I've seen one. His name is Matt, and that's why I'm like I think it's the guy who does the boudoir photos because he does that too on his Instagram, and he has chickens, and one of them I think is Goldie or something like that. Yeah, or Fluffy. One of them's Fluffy. Yeah, we're talking about the same one. <laughs> they were on the um. The bag with the food, and he go. He goes, "What's she doing on there? Get your off!" And then like grabbed her, and I'm like, first of all, she's a chicken, so she's gonna go anywhere she wants to go." Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Bill, a common misconception for people here in the U.S. If you live in the city, or even if you live on a farm here in the U.S., roosters don't just sing in the morning. No. They sing throughout the day. Throughout the entire day. Throughout the day. Yeah. Yep. I um I got very used to using the mute button on my so I have like a desk phone that I use for work and that mm-hmm. for like my contract work and I got very very good at muting as soon as I started to hear my rooster when he lived like in my yard because he was so loud and he just whenever he decided like he didn't care he was just like yeah. I think right now I'm gonna sing and then if anybody if one of my neighbor's roosters started to sing then it was like they would go back and forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was a lot of fun. So I had to get very, like, very quick with the mute button. <laughs> oh, yeah, your finger got to be quick on it. Like, oh, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, that and, like, the vendors and stuff that pass by, you have to be really quick with the mute button. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, for the longest time, I missed hearing Globo Gas. Like, I would hear that throughout the day, and that's basically, like, the people that come and put the propane <laughs> for you to use your stove. Oh, yeah, because, look, I have them right here. Those. Yeah. Use ours is Elbas. That's how ours is. <laughs> yeah. So we would say that all the time with global gas, and we're like, okay, so the gas people are coming. And my grandma's like, I think we need gas. And she'll go put like some propane in there and she'll give them money and they'll do that. And then um, I loved at night, it was always around the same time, around 536, he would come down the street and it was a little boy selling bolillo. So it would be nice, warm bolillo. We would have tortas at night or something. Yeah. Um, I always say, soy bien bandillera because I love pan. It's like, not bandillera in a, like, a gang type version. No, I'm like bandillera. Like, I like pan. I like pan dulce. I like regular bread. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care. I like carbs, okay? I, I know that like a lot of people are like, oh, it's too many carbs. Nope. No. It makes me feel better. I'm good. <laughs> Listen, if you get offered to sit down and have bandonce and cafe at 11 o'clock at night, that's what you do. You don't turn that down. <laughs> no, you don't say no. Because if you say no, that is like slapping somebody in the face. Like, at that point. 
Correct. Very offensive. And also, why would you say no? Because like you, the best stories are told around those cups of coffee. Coffee. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Like I remember seeing my mom. Even I think that's because my grandma raised her family that way, where they could be eleven o'clock at night and they had cafe con pan. And they would yeah. dip, like, the bun into the cafe and then just eat it the way that they wanted to eat it. Or they had the, um, what do they call it? They're called uh, cuernillos, and it's, like, that one that kind of looks like the bullhorns. Uh-huh. Uh, that's my Nina's favorite. She would, you could poison her with those. She will eat that. No, doesn't care if the poison's in there or nothing. She'll just eat it. <laughs> not saying do that, okay? I'm not advertising to do that. I'm just saying that that's her favorite. Diego's are very much the conchas. Like, that's always since, oh, yeah. the, since the moment we moved down here, because we didn't do pan donce a lot up in the States. We had a couple pandarias, but they weren't very close to like where we were living in Salt Lake um, because we were in one side of Salt Lake and it felt like a lot of like the pandarias and things like that were in a different part. But um, from the moment we got here, it's always been conchas for Diego. Like, that's his all time yeah. favorite pan donce. Yeah. Never Does he care about what color? The pink, the white, the chocolate? No, he'll eat no. any of that. He likes as long as it's a concha, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the first time that he that he found out that he could drink coffee like the adults, right? Because my suegra was like, here, have some coffee, right? Because she he was six. Well, he was almost seven. So he was like a couple days before seven. But she was like, here, have some coffee, mijo, you know, some cafe or whatever. And, and Diego was like looking at me and he was like, is this real? Can I have this? And I was like, I mean, I I guess, but but his like experience at fully. And he was like, look at me drinking coffee. Like he felt so grown up, and like, his concha and his coffee, cafe, like he was in heaven. I feel like that's the common misconception because a lot of people think like, oh, coffee stunts your growth, so that's why you shouldn't be giving kids coffee. But like in Latino households, you give them coffee pretty much from when they're little, and maybe yeah, some of them will still be short, but that's genetics. That's not really coffee stunning their growth. Hey, Dominic has had so Dominic has had coffee so many times that he will dip his pan in pretty much any beverage that he has. I mean, I have footage of him dipping a tortilla in Coca-Cola, like in his coca, because like he was so used to dipping his pan in his cafe. Oh like, my god. I have never tried that, but that reminds me of we were little and it's probably the most unhealthy thing that you could ever do in life. We were eating pizza. And we would dip our crust into the soda and then eat it. And now thinking about it, like, that sounds gross. (laughs) At the time, I was was enjoying it. I was in heaven. Everything tasted delicious. (laughs) Yeah. Number two, when you're down here, because you're eating, in my in my opinion and where we are, you're eating so healthy anyway that I don't mm-hmm. freak out as much when, when my kids are eating, like, chips, you know, or they're drinking some soda and things like that, because that's not the majority of their diet, right? Like, they're not, we're not even going to McDonald's more than maybe once a month, but not even that, you know? And so I know I have a lot of people, I have some people that are like, your kids are always eating junk food. And I'm like, no, you, I'm not recording them 24-7, so you're missing, yeah. like, majority of their diet bro <laughs> but do they like, enjoy the tiendita? yes they do <laughs> yes i mean the guzgueras are fine like i always thought guzgueras are okay for every once in a while as long as they eat like at least one hearty meal uh yeah. or two hearty meals preference right because sometimes i don't eat breakfast i can't be mad at them for not eating <laughs> i'm like right. as long as they eat something that's fine um your snack vlog where they were doing trying your family was trying the mexican snacks 
And like this, have in mind this tastes better when it's cold. Like it does not taste the same when it's warm. And yeah. I feel like they were robbed of that opportunity. It was know, all like melted and crushed. <laughs> My favorite part was that I kept we kept like setting the snacks aside, and then I just you know I look over and Dominic has Dominic is just like in like snack heaven, and he's like this is like a whole buffet of treats from home, like. <laughs> And he was just eating all of the all of the treats. He was like, "This one's mine. This one's mine." Like he, you know, he had like his whole little. These are mine. Yeah, he was like, hey, "This gancito's mine now." <laughs> I know that I got away with. Um, my aunt still brings it up to this day. I don't even know why she thought it. I I lied to my aunt and I told her that my mom lets me eat penguinos every day for breakfast. I was like five years old, four or five. And she goes, no puedo creer que le das a la niña penguinos todos los días en la mañana. Eso no es comida. And my mom's like, what are you talking about? She has, like, eggs, jamón, like, potatoes. Like, she has actual breakfast. Yeah. And then she goes, no. Ella dijo que tú le das penguinos. She goes, you got played by a five-year-old. <laughs> she basically saw that your husband likes penguinos, and she was like, well, let me say she, I eat penguinos every day, so I can have one for breakfast. And she, she got what she wanted. That's amazing. She's like, she played you. You got to take that up with the four-year-old because she got exactly what she wanted. <laughs> I was a traviesa to that extent, but not like I never did anything that I wasn't supposed to do because I was afraid of being in trouble because yeah. it could happen one of two ways. My dad doesn't. My dad's kind of like an Osabo kid. He... It's Puerto Rican, but he wasn't raised to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, he's learning Spanish thanks to my mom. And my mom was raised as Spanish was her first language, and English became her second language, even though mm-hmm. she was born and raised in Compton, California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she would – it was like a Spanglish regañada that she would give me. It was the English. It would be in, like, mixture of Spanish and English, and my dad would more so lecture me in English. So it was oh just kind of different. And then, of course, you have the abuelas who are like, ven aquí, mi niña, and you're over there papachando your, like, grandkids because you know that they messed up, but you don't want them to be mad at you because you're the one that told your daughter to tell them something, you know? So my grandma covered herself up pretty well (laughs) with that one. (laughs) But it's just, I love, I'm a foodie. So when I saw, I like, I love your dinner checks. There's times where I'm like, what is that? Like, I just haven't seen it in a while. And then I don't remember what it, like, what it tastes like, but it brings me back as soon as I start to remember memories. And then the snack videos, I was like, I wonder how her family's going to feel when they come visit them in Mexico. Because I know that you mentioned when you go there, it's almost like you guys get sick from the food because it's so, it's so heavily processed in the U.S. It's very heavily processed and not here. Yeah. (laughs) We never get sick here. We've gotten... Uh, we've gotten food poisoning once in Mexico from like a like a chain restaurant, right? Never from eating at anybody's house, never from street vendors, none of that. Never from local restaurants. One chain restaurant we got food from. Um, every time we go back to the U.S., though, we all get sick, like very sick, and we're miserable for the first. I would say probably the first like three or four days. This last time we went, I don't know what happened, but we were sick pretty much the majority of the trip, and it was terrible because there's also food that we miss that we want to eat, but when we're sick, like, none of, nobody wants to eat, like, Diego, I was like, Diego, do you want to go to the store and find some snacks, and we were both, you know, like, a little sick, and he's like, no, I don't think so, <laughs> like, all right, Jello, like, no. we'll, just, we'll just keep eating Jello, <laughs> like, right, 
<laughs> See, it's kind of those things where you're just kind of, it's it's a difference because I feel like, I know when we were little that we were told not to drink out of the, like, the tap water and we weren't allowed to drink out of the hose when we would go to Mexico. But you can't really do that here in the States either because there's so much chlorine and so much inside of the hose water now. But when we were kids, we didn't care. We were outside and we didn't want to go inside and then be told we couldn't come back outside. So we would yeah. just drink from the hose. But I do mean, you I think they. I drank from the hose when I was growing up. So. Yeah. But do your kids do that there since they're more used to life out, out there? Do they drink well, out of the hose? And our water, like the source of our water is like. Um, like a natural spring type system. And so our water is actually water safe is to actually drink. Safe to the only time the water is questionable here is when it comes off of the water trucks. Because you, Fidel, Fidel always tells me, you never know when the last time is that they cleaned inside the tank and you know how, how long it's been sitting in the tank. So you can't ever yeah. use that water, right? But our water that comes through like our system and goes into our cisterna and that, like technically that's safe to drink. And, and we have we've drank it before when we've been like out in the compo and we ran out of water and things like that. We drink it and we've never gotten sick. So yeah, yeah. I think that's but, the comment. like, Oh, don't drink the water. Like some places it's fine, but I think that so because depends on the place. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think in Colima, like my, my grandma had a filter put in um, mm -hmm. at her old house and that's why we were able to kind of drink or use it for ice or whatever. It wasn't that big a deal, but yeah. other places don't have that. So it's, kind of like if you do want to risk it and get sick um and my friend wanted me to ask this question because i from what i'm aware the benefits when you move to the u.s is different so when you move to the u.s and you're staying there you basically get benefits from the united states because you're a resident there you're living there and you're a citizen but when you go to mexico and you go to live there mm -hmm. you don't get those benefits from the u.s right so you don't yeah. get to claim like certain things yeah, so to be clear, you're, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to things like um, government assistance and certain tax mm -hmm. credits, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You, are, you, do, you do get some um, tax credits tax here, but it works different because you're living outside of the U.S., but definitely not the same as you would if you were residing inside the U.S. Um, as far as government assistance goes, no. You can't get any. As far as I know, you can't get any of that because you have to be residing within the U.S. to get government benefits but mm -hmm. i don't because i've not used them so i'm not 100 percent sure but um but as far as i know if you're if you're getting them then you're getting them under false legal and so you would be immediately obtaining right so like if you were to let's say you retire right many many years from now you decide to retire and you would still get the benefits because you worked for you worked your social Social security social is different security because is different. social security is what you earn. Um, the things that I'm referring to are things like food stamps and that you can't get those like down here, Medicaid, Medicare, like that. Well, yeah, Medicaid, Medicare. I don't know how, um, I don't know how it works for senior citizens and that or those who are retired that are using insurance. That part I don't know, but any government assistance that you would get because you're low income in the U.S., you, that wouldn't transfer over to Mexico. Like you couldn't have that in Mexico. But Social Security, yes, you can absolutely continue getting your Social Security as far as I know. Yeah, because that's what I told my friend. I said, no, like they, you worked, you used, you used your social, you worked, you earned an income for that. That's your money. They can't exactly. take that from you. But yeah. what they do not allow whatsoever is let's say you're, you're living in Mexico full time and you want to go 
get doctors with medical benefits over there in the U.S. Like, that's something that they don't have. They have uh, Seguro Popular, Seguro, and then they have another one. I think it's uh, Privado or something like that. It's like a private insurance with a private doctor, which is different in Mexico. Um, those you can use there. And if you're in an emergency situation, yes, they'll attend you uh, as, as a U.S. citizen, but you don't have that Seguro Popular, Seguro regular or privado so it's different yeah. they'll it's treated different you have it as long as you have a corp here and you're given a corp if you are a permanent resident or a citizen mm -hmm. so i can do seguro popular because i'm married to fidel and i have my permanent residency which means that i have a corp here um i don't i never finished out that process just because i don't I've never had a need for it. Um, you can get like the vaccines and that. I've been able to do those with my family just at the, um, well, Puebla, Puebla has CESAs that are kind of like health departments mm -hmm. and also like urgent cares. Um, those I've, I've, you know, get my vaccines through there for free. That's never been a, a thing even without it. So um, yeah, it works a little bit different. And from my understanding, it's different in every state because Oaxaca, I know Oaxaca doesn't have the same as Puebla does from, from what I've, talk to like Beth about my friend. Yeah. So, I think it's yeah, very Colima's different too. They have some where it's like a big hospital and I, I use that, I use that urgencias y emergencia. They're there. And then they have kind of like a, like the, that's a kind of like a, just like a clinic, like a little mm -hmm. small clinic. And that's where you would go get like weighed, maybe do a physical or whatever. Uh, any major would be at the big hospital. And then they have a doctor that's privado. Basically, he's, like, of that town. You can go there, tell them what, what's going on. They'll do a small check on you, and then that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's not anything major. Um, so we used the the doctor del pueblo a lot, especially if we got sick. I, I got uh, chingonguya which is, like, a cousin of dengue fever when I was <laughs> studying. Um, and I had no idea. I was walking up three flights of stairs because it was on the third floor, and my whole body was hurting, like wrists, ankles, which I didn't know the worst signs of chingangoya. Um, and the professor's like, you look so pale, and it looks like you're getting hives. Hopefully, he goes, hopefully you, you're not pregnant. And I was like, no, like that's not even a possibility. <laughs> and he goes, then you must have chinganguya. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what is what is that? So I went to the doctor and he's like, I need you to go to urgencias and get these tests. And then I had to explain to them that I didn't have like Seguro Popular. I had this insurance because I was from the U.S. And so they basically charged me a higher fee because I didn't have their insurance. They did the blood work, all those things. I took it back to him and I did have it. I was positive for it. So they had to give me an injection. That was the first time I had an injection in my butt. I was thinking, like, oh, my God, you're going to give me a, a pill? Great. And they're like, nope, put your pants down. I'm like, no, yeah, don't do that to me. Like, it works so much faster than pills. So. <laughs> Mind my you, I have tattoos, and that scared me. Oh, yeah, no. So my mom's a nurse, and she's like, listen, if you ever have the option between a, an injection and a pill, you better take the injection because it works a lot faster, and you'll, if you, like, if you forget to, like, if you forget a pill, you skip a pill or whatever, like, you always get the injection. <laughs> I was so scared. I started laughing. When I'm scared, I'm either a denier, I'll say no, like, a hundred times, 
or I'm laughing. And it's like a, a scared laugh. Like, um, it's more like those cartoons where you're like, <laughs> that kind of laugh. It's not a really ha-ha, hee-hee laugh. Yeah. So he was like, are you, are you laughing? I'm like, I'm just scared. Just go ahead and do it. Because, like, at this point, I'm just going to get more scared. So right. <laughs> I'm like, don't talk to me. Just do it. Um, just a few more things. Because, I mean, I could talk to you all day, and I can feel like I'm in casa. I hope that you smell the same. Yes, same. Same. So I know that you recently went on a vlog um, where you went with an attorney who kind of explained options as to what could happen if you are in certain scenarios. What is one thing that you learned that you didn't know previously before that visit? Um, before that live. Man, I feel like there was a lot that I learned in that life, and I'm hoping everybody else did too. There's just a lot that I that I didn't ever uh, really quite know. Um, I think I think one of the things that I learned that surprised me was that you can have you can have a 20 year ban and a permanent ban and more than one permanent ban. Like there can be you know a couple different things on your record. I didn't know that that was possible, and then I also didn't know that. Um, that when you do a waiver, you can, you know, include all of those on one um, request to get those, oh. like, one uh, pardon request. Mm -hmm. um, I thought you would have to do those, like, individually when I found out that, you know, you could have multiple ones. So so that that was kind of a real eye-opener for me. Um, I guess I, I, I'm very used to it being a very complicated process and system and a system that, um, in my opinion, is broken, doesn't work correctly. It's it's not focused on keeping things together. And um, so I guess that never surprises me. But I do, I feel like I'm constantly learning new things as, you know, as, um, as I learn more about, I mean, that system, as much as you can do to keep, keep up on it as it's consistently changing. <laughs> yeah, I think that the per how they could have multiple permanent bans, that was new to me when I heard her say that because yeah. I, I then kind of related it to when someone goes to prison and they have multiple life sentences. Mm -hmm. I was like, why do you have, they're there for life. Why do they need one in, in well, another life? That it makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. But that's basically if, like, they go into cardiac arrest and they have to revive them. They, that's why they say multiple life sentences. But multiple permanent bans to me just didn't make sense. Because yeah. I was like, so does that mean, like, if they pass for, like, two seconds and then they are brought back to life, they still have that other permanent ban <laughs> for that, ex you know? But it just didn't make sense. Why would you have multiples? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the system either. Um, I think that that's a lot of what people misconceive. They think that we as people don't want immigration reform. We do because the system doesn't make sense. It's yeah. very, it's very old. It doesn't work for families, and you have things that happen to, to people. Because at the end of the day, Fidel is a person. People like Fidel. They are people. They make mistakes. They go through hardships like anyone else, and they should be treated as a human being. But we only see them as this. They're like an object. Right. And they're not being treated as people. So when you do that, and I think that's one of the things that bother me with this whole, like, Acta de Dignidad, um, the Dignity Act that they're trying to pass, mm -hmm. it doesn't treat you as a person. You are a object. 
and there's no guarantee because they say that the border has to be secure for people to qualify for it. But what is secure to one person will not be secure to someone else. So basically now you're getting the people's information and you're being able to deport them just because you want to at any yeah. point. Which is and scary. you're dividing up families. Yeah. So I'm like, that's not what we want. We want families to stay together. I mean, you're you're lucky that it worked out for you guys to go to, to Mexico and be a family and be together. That may not be someone else's experience. Right. So it's, I wish they would reform the system that worked for everybody because I think that other misconception is that they don't pay taxes, that migrants it's don't pay taxes. Yeah. They do. Yeah, they break okay. it to you. They do. You know what Fidel never got to do was he never got to claim any of those taxes and get, you know, get some of them back. That's what he never got to do. So all of that money. You don't get the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get the benefits of being a taxpayer. You don't get those things. There's no social security, none of that. And it just all, it was essentially free money for the government. Yeah. And that's something that everybody will be like, oh, how's it feel to live tax-free? No, they don't live (laughs) tax-free. They still pay taxes. And their spouses pay taxes. Their families pay taxes. And they don't get the benefits. Two countries. So now I have to pay taxes in the U.S. as a U.S. citizen. But then we also pay taxes here in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And in Mexico, with the tax system, do you think it's easier than the U.S. tax system? Or is it more difficult? I so I have never attempted to learn any like to even try it and navigate it. I have a hard enough time with the tax system in the US. Like I I could do it myself. It wouldn't be great. Like I could do my own taxes in the US. I prefer not to, so I have a CPA. Um and essentially when we got down there, I was like, Yeah, we're gonna get a CPA because I don't I don't know how to do I don't know how to do any of that. If, if the U.S. system is complicated, I imagine Mexico's is, is not much different. And so we, we have a CPA, honestly, that does it all for us. So I, have, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be the expert in it. All I know is, like, we meet with them and we go over everything. And, like, I don't ask how everything works. I'm just like, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, that all makes sense. It's paid and done with. <laughs> You're like, okay, here you go. Thank yeah. you. See you next year. <laughs> See you next year. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing I do with my CPA in the U.S. Like, here you go, buddy. Thanks. See you next year. <laughs> It's hard. I mean, I, so for those who don't know, I worked for a company that deals with a lot of government contracts and one of them happens to be taxes. So I'm not going to say exactly what I do because if you happen to get me on the phone, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry in advance. I'm just doing my job, but (laughs) they think that, um, oh, well, talk to my tax person. Okay. Well, I understand you have a tax person, but are they your power of attorney? Because if they're not your power of attorney, I can't talk to them. I can only talk to you. And when you're far away, you kind of depend on your tax person to be doing everything. I know I do. Mine lives very far away. And I'm like, um, I have a question. <laughs> so if I do this, this, and that, what happens? And she's like, N- no, no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> do this. You got to look at your tax like, no. <laughs> you're like, yeah. no. Shot that down immediately. <laughs> I was like, so can I claim, because I, I mean, it's a third-party company for the government, but I was like, can I claim my internet on my taxes since I work from home? And she's like, no. No. You don't work directly for them, so no. And I was like, but it's it's doing the same work, though. Like, <laughs> you just say yes? She's like, no. Absolutely not. I'm like, okay, whatever, fine, sure. 
I don't get that benefit, but okay. And so it, it's just mind blowing to me that a lot of people think that like, oh, well, they don't pay taxes. Well, they pay taxes there and back home. Like they got to pay taxes back at their casa and here too. So it's not just one or the other. It's both in most cases. Um, and then last two, I know that Diego goes to school online, right? So he gets to do his education in English. And then you said that Dominic, because he's not really in school yet, like school school, he will more than likely be doing it there in Mexico. Yeah. Who do you think out of your children is going to want to continue their education, higher education, such as college in Mexico, and who's going to want to go to the U.S. to study or both? So I think, um, I, well, I know for sure that Diego will go to the U.S. Like that has been, education is one thing that's very important to Carol and I. It's something that we've talked a lot about and, and made a very important thing in our household with Diego and, and of course with Dominic. He's just still really little, right? Um, I know for sure that Diego will go back to the U.S. for college. Like that's, he has a very particular college. He knows where he's going to live and who he's going to live with, you know, so he's, He's just very, very like set in. The only thing that changes, um, uh, you know, kind of on and off is his major, but it's because like he he just wants a certain experience, and that's fine, right? We fully support him. I told him he could go wherever he wanted. I just wanted to be happy. Um, but Dominic, I think so. He's really. We just found out that he's going to be able to start kindergarten at uh, basically the end of August, right? Oh my um, God. <laughs> I'm nervous because. I'm like, this child is very used to being outside and doing his own thing and being wild. And um, I just don't, I'm hoping that he has a good experience in like a classroom setting, right? But part of me is like, I wonder if it's going to be like trying to contain a wild animal. <laughs> like, like just a little bit, right? Um, but he's so, he's so excited. He, he tells, like, he'll tell you, I'm going to school. I'm going to kinder, you know, like, <laughs> he's very excited. Um, I think Dominic... I think that there's a there's for me Dominic's fifty fifty at this point. I couldn't tell you um, uh, because I think Dominic because he grew up here and that I think Dominic will if if either of my children put down permanent roots in Mexico, it'll definitely my guess would be Dominic over Diego. But okay. I don't know. Diego too has talked about coming back to Mexico after he finishes college. So. I have no idea. Honestly, like, it feels like it's kind of all up in the air. I could end up with a child in Australia for all I know. Oh, wow. Completely <laughs> different country. <laughs> like, Diego, maybe president. Diego for president in the future. I would support him. He's got to vote for me. Like, it's just, I will go ahead and support both your boys. Be the first Latino president. Go ahead and do it. That's what I told my mom that if I ever had children, I would push that so hard. I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, you could be president. You know that, right? Like, you could be the first oh, yeah. Latino U.S. president, right? <laughs> kind of push that there because my mom did that with us. None of us are president. So it <laughs> just goes to show you it didn't work. <laughs> I don't think I have the patience for it. Yeah, Diego's been asked on our social media if he would be president. He immediately answered no. <laughs> he was like, they were like, would you ever, would you ever want to be president? He was like, no. <laughs> immediately no <laughs> without a doubt no it's not happening <laughs> he's like I'll say it to y'all in English and in Spanish no no <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> yeah exactly <clears throat> well Pops 
for Dominic, I know he would be a wild card president, but I guarantee he would be a wild stuff card. Does. He just he just you know give everybody like four hour lunches in the middle of the day. He's like, everybody go out and have some fun. Get outside. <laughs> you can take a boy out of the campo, but you can't take a campo out of the boy type. No, never. <laughs> oh my god. He is so adorable. You're both your kids are really good kids. They're both very adorable. And I, again, I love the content that you share. I think it's very inspirational to a lot of people who are living a life that is similar or that are in process of living a life that may be similar. Uh, what is, and this is the last question, what is one advice that you would give someone who is on the fence of relocating due to a deportation situation? Oh. Um, hopefully this doesn't make me cry. I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. Made it through this whole thing and we didn't, you know, we're not like crying. Um, anyway, if we do a part two, there might be tears. <laughs> I'm up for that. My, honestly, my advice for anybody facing this decision is, um, you have to do what is best for your family and it isn't going to look like what anybody expects, right? Um, they're going to be there are going to be a thousand different opinions about what you should do and what pe other people think is best for your family. And you honestly, you honestly just have to do what's best for your family. And if that means that, you know, you live in a rancho, then go for it. Put your whole heart into it. Take it one second at a time, but enjoy every possible minute that you can because it is a beautiful life. It's a beautiful life. It's simple, but it's beautiful. Um, but if that also means that, you know, you're going to be apart for a little while and you're going to fight the system and that, then put everything that you have into fighting for your family. It, you just have to remember that it looks every, it, this situation looks so different for everyone, but at the end of the day, you just have to do what's best for you and your family. That's all you can do. And you're the only person that can, that can make that decision. So that's my advice. Okay. I love that. And I do think that you should follow that advice because it is family based. It is something that it's, I can't tell you, oh, just go and you'll never regret it. No, because I don't know who, who our viewers are and who they're, who will be listening and what their personalities are like. Sometimes it doesn't mesh well. I didn't stay in Mexico because it was too painful for me to think of my uncle not being there and remembering his voice and things like that. It was too painful. But do I think that if now, because I did date someone who um, who was originally born in Mexico and they were here on a work visa, um, that had he had to leave and go there, I would follow and I would try. Um, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But at least I gave that effort. I am one of those people that will always give it a try. But again, it's every family is different and every experience is different. And we need to be mindful of that. So for all of those who tune in, please follow Candice at La Guarita 70. My Spanish is starting to go fast. Um, <laughs> on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Threads. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter, so I don't support Twitter anymore. I will support everything else. We are um, we never do anything on Twitter. Facebook, we're still yeah. on, we're on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Go find her on those social medias. I will link them in the description. Also, please, if you guys can, I'm going to put in a slide towards the end of the video that will last about 
five to ten seconds with the charity of Candace's Choice that you can support. So if you can support it, great. If you can't, at least share it and see if it can be supported somewhere else. Giving back is important, and yes, I know that a lot of profits do take some of the proceeds to kind of be able to do the work that they do, but it does go towards a good cause overall. So just have that in mind. Be mindful. Um, do you have any catchphrases that you want to say before we go? Oh, uh, I do, but first, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, oh, I can't do this part without crying either. Thank you for having me, but more than that, thank you for being here with our family because you really have been here since the beginning and and I see you in the comment section like I I see you and um and I just am truly truly proud to to know that you are a supporter of our family and part of our familia so thank you and thank you for asking me to do this because this is wonderful um I will end with my catchphrase um, <laughs> I, will say, I hope that everybody has a great evening and, um, you know, hello from Mexico. <laughs> you make me cry because I, well, I couldn't when you accept it. <laughs> when you accept it, I was very excited and I was like, oh my God, she saw, and I'm going to finally get to talk to her in in a way that's very personal. Um, and we did have a very personal conversation prior and it was very <laughs> I feel like I gained a new friend and a new person adentro de mi familia. I know you haven't met my parents yet, but well, hopefully one day you will. Um, and I, I do appreciate you, and I will always be a supporter of your content, no matter what, because at the end of the day, I may not know your experience, but I know what you allow us to see, and I know that there's got to be something deeper than that. And it's, it's a blessing when you have people that come into your life for good purposes like when you checked on me when after I had my surgery and you said no I hope you prayers for you I hope you're healing and things like that it was not a lot of people did that within my own family so it was it was really important to know that I was being seen and heard and um hopefully next time we do this because I do hope there will be a next time we'll have Fidel um on there with you and maybe my cousin Clara who is also a um a follower of yours and my cousin Melissa, hopefully we can do one for Let's Avlad podcast where everybody's there and everybody can kind of get to talk. And who knows, maybe we can get your boys on there too. I know that for safety reasons and for their privacy, they may not want to. We'll ask Diego, but I'm sure Diego would love to. <laughs> I'm sure Diego would be like, yes. <laughs> so everybody, thank you for tuning in. Again, you can catch her. I will link all of her information in the description comment if you have any questions for her and her family i'm sure she would love to answer them go to her youtube channel I, you will not be like displeased with the content it is absolutely amazing her kids are hilarious that is also very hilarious and all of her dogs are just <laughs> they're high energy <laughs> they're very high energy so as i said gracias mi gente bendiciones por venir a nuestro programa del día de hoy. Recuerden, solamente hay un tú en este mundo, no hay nadie más que tú, y solamente tú puedes hacer las decisiones para ti mismo. So, gracias por estar con nosotros. Bendiciones. Que tengan bonito hoy es sábado, pero cuando esto sale, va a ser, ser el día 7 de agosto. Entonces, que tengan bonito día, como dice mi tío Tony, en paz descanse. Bye.